Hey, welcome to Fast Forward Your Entrepreneur Journey with me, Abby Yong. Every week, we share with you how you are able to reach your next level, impact your life and for others, and break out of your comfort zone, and scale your business to fast forward in your entrepreneur journey. Stay tuned. Hey, Fast Forward. So today, my guest on today's show is a transformation coach. She brings over a decade coaching knowledge and combine it with NLP and hypnotherapies. She believes transforming the life of women and moms create a ripple effect, particularly improving the quality of life of families and shape communities for the better. My guests believe knowing how to tap into our personal power is the secret sauce. So help me to welcome Roxana. Thank you so much. Hello, thank you for having me. Very good to be here. Yes, it's it's like I think it will be fun. So okay, maybe let's start with like how did you get started on your journey? Like, why did you get start? Like, where what happened and why did you learn like NLP and hypnotherapies? Well, for many many years, I worked in healthcare, and in healthcare, I was a quality improvement lead, like a program manager, and my role was very varied. So. Through that role, I learned many, many coaching techniques. I used to work with multiple teams of people. So from years back, I needed to understand human psychology, how to help people understand how to move forward and how to make change happen in an organizational perspective. And then about, I want to say six years ago now, um, things started changing for me personally. So I was... Um, I had my daughter and when I had my daughter, I did go back to work um, after having some maternity time. And then I had my son and I did go back to work. But the problem I found was that my work just wasn't um, fulfilling me anymore. And because my identity had changed from having children. So I then felt like it wasn't the right fit for me. I couldn't do the commute. It was like a almost like a two hour commute every day. I wasn't really seeing my son. He was a brand new baby. He was like less than a year old when I went back to work. And so for various reasons, I decided to stop working. And when I stopped working, um, well, the decision was quite a big decision because I had been working in healthcare for over 15 years and it was such a big part of my identity and who I was. And I had a really important and senior role, which I really loved. Um, But walking away from it was really hard. And so it took me many months to accept that it just wasn't right for me anymore. You know, when you've worked on something for so long, and it feels right, like this is the right decision, this is what I should do. And then you start having these doubts, And you ignore the doubts and you keep pushing them away and pushing them away until it becomes stressful. And that's where I found myself. I I found myself to feel stressed when I needed to work and be away from my kids. And so we took a big decision as a family that I would stop working for a while. And my husband was very supportive in that decision. And from that point on, everything changed in my life. So I stopped working and then I had so many like issues. So I became physically unwell. I had like stomach ulcers. Um, I had panic attacks. I had anxiety. And all of this was because 
later I realized I had a lot of issues that I hadn't dealt with throughout my life. So when I was younger, I had a very difficult relationship with my family, certain family members that I'd never really dealt with. And when I stopped working and my life became slow, all of the issues from my childhood, all throughout my teenage years, my 20s, and even 30s, just hit me like a ton of bricks. And lots of big things had happened in that time. So um, my, one of my brothers died when I was about 22. Um, he had an autoimmune condition and for years he was sick and then he died. And I had to be the strong person in the family and help my parents to overcome. But I didn't agree for him. You know, I just kind of suppressed all of my emotions and my feelings. And then I got married to my husband and I had a few really, really, really happy, magical years. We traveled loads, we built our careers up. And then uh, we decided that we were going to have children. And then we had loads of infertility issues. We couldn't get pregnant. It took years to get pregnant and constantly dealing with loss of miscarriage and those sorts of things. Again, I didn't deal with it because I was so focused on just having a baby, having a baby that I didn't actually spend some time to grieve and feel the loss of the pain and and kind of really process it um, and then when my son came along it was as though all of that that had been building up in all my life kind of came and sat with me all of the pain from the past and so when I was off work I was expecting to feel really good and energized and vibrant and instead I became super ill physically I had panic attacks, I had anxiety, and I had to figure out how to get better. So that was where I started to work with therapists and I started to um, have coaching myself. I worked with NLP practitioners, I worked with hypnotherapists, I worked with all sorts of different types of people over a period of about two, three years. And it took me that long to heal and every time I thought I was getting better, then something else would come to the surface. So I had to work on that and, and heal from that. And so there was a long period of time where I just surrendered and I realized that I needed to go through this process in order to be the best version of me because I knew that I was capable of so much. Like I, I know what my potential is, but I couldn't do it. There were some days, Abby, where I just had to breathe. That was my only task was just breathe, just breathe, just breathe, because I was having panic attacks a lot of the time. And so I, that was how I got into it. I loved it so much. It completely transformed me as a person. It enabled me to find myself and find the best version and the higher version of me. And I want to give that gift to other people. Oh. What a beautiful story. So because of what you have been through, so you went for to seek treatment, like therapy, and you start to, you say that you went to two to three years to heal yourself, like keep going back for therapy section. Mm -hmm. So uh, then after that, you realize that therapy helps you a lot in your, you know, your self-development and also your uh, getting out of all the pain and experiences that you have from childhood and so you find that this is your purpose to help other people to to also do the same for them to thank to their exactly. personal power exactly exactly and I think 
what happens what happened to me and I think now as a coach and working with other people what I find is that people are always like aspiring to be better in some way like they think that when I get that job I'll be happy or when I make that money I'll be happy or when I have that body I'll be happy or that relationship and I'll be happy and actually happiness is within us already it's just that because we've gone through experiences and events that we haven't healed from what happens is that we kind of suppress our happiness and we don't allow ourselves to fully feel the full human experience of who we are so what we start doing is looking externally so some people want validation from other people to feel happy to feel like yeah you're doing good in life like well done and actually what i've done and the way that i've changed my therapeutic approaches with my clients is that i help them to create a brand new relationship with themselves to nurture themselves to love themselves to accept themselves so actually when they do go on to achieve great things it's the cherry on top and not the thing that's going to define their happiness yeah 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 i agree so i think i did a video before sometime back like happiness is a choice so you don't have to wait till you're successful to be happy. You don't have to wait till you're married to be happy. You know, everybody define happy, happy in a, when they achieve something. But actually, in every decision, uh, you know, when you wake up, you can be happy really. Instead of thinking, oh no, the email I haven't do. You know, that kind of thing. Like, then, I also believe like what you say, like we, we, because we try to bury all the feelings inside of us because we want to be strong for other people to be strong for them then we forget about ourselves like actually we need to be able to take care of ourselves first like internal and external then we are able to uh, give back more so you cannot pour from an empty cup you need to fill yourself up first exactly exactly Abby and I think the other thing that you touched upon is happiness is an inside job and it's a choice And I agree with that 100%. But the thing that people need to realize is that psychologically, our brain, actually, the way it's wired primitively, it it keeps us um, in discomfort. It keeps us in pain because that's part of how we survive as human beings. And actually, we have to make a choice and a commitment to be happy. So our brain's body sorry our brain is not designed to keep us happy our brain is just designed to help us survive when we want to feel joy and happiness we have to make it a deliberate deliberate intentional choice to say i want to be happy i want to feel joy and i want it to feel consistent and i'm not talking about like the roller coaster joy that you feel in life where amazing things happen and then you get really happy and then you come back down to feeling sad I'm talking about just every day just feeling like everything feels good and peaceful and calm and this feels nice because actually being on a roller coaster is not fun um, so that's the kind of joy that I'm talking about that kind of just consistent waking up in the morning feeling joyful about what might unfold in your day feeling like you're looking forward to whatever the day is going to bring you and the people that will come into your life and to know that you're going to have connections with other people and make an impact on other people's lives 
So what I'm saying is that we have to make happiness our own responsibility. It's our ability to respond to how we want to make ourselves happy. And that's, that's a choice, but it's a commitment as well, because our mind will keep taking us back to survival and feeling um, a little bit of the a pain that we've already had. And we have to bring it back. And we bring it back through various tools, through meditation, through movement, through mindful practices, and making a point of seeing what works for us and doing it consistently through rituals and habits that are easy for us to do, like five, 10 minutes of doing something small that brings us to, raises our vibration and helps us to stay grounded and connect, reconnecting with ourselves. And then it doesn't matter what's going on outside. You know, if things are going wrong, like right now we're in the middle of COVID-19, if you can keep yourself in a position where you feel joy most of the time, then yes, you'll be a little bit affected by what's going on outside you. But most of the time, you'll feel okay. You'll know you, you feel like you're managing life. You're managing yourself. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. So actually, I'm curious, like how you are, like what are the first thing when you like help your client? Or what are the first thing that you ask them? What is the first question that you ask them? Or do they well, start first telling you or you ask them something? Well, usually my clients will come to me and they will have a lot of like a shopping list of what they want. <laughs> I want a better job or I'm stuck in my career or I can't get promoted or I want to have a healthy body or something like this. Like they're, they're usually aspiring for something. Okay. And so they're aspiring for something because they think that something is going to give them happiness. So then what I do is I work with them for a while to understand a little bit about their biography and understand what's been going on with them. So I've got various tools that I use with my clients to extract that kind of information from them. So we look at the four quadrants of their life. We look at relationships, health, finances and career and then within those there's a tool I use that acronym is Casper so we look at within your life how much control so within your let's say career do you how much control do you have and they rate it from zero to ten control um, achievement security purpose and approval so these are the five things that we look at in each area and then they rate each one. And by the end of that first session, then I know what their main issue is. Because normally they want to fix every part of their life, but normally there's one thing. And actually they'll say career or they'll say finances or health, but it's usually a relationship. Oh. It's either a past relationship or a current relationship with somebody that has created these feelings of them needing to be more, to do more to get that validation. And so I start working with them around that. And it kind of goes from there. And then a lot of it is very personalized. So when I do one-to-one -one coaching, it's very personalized to my client and what they need. And the main thing is that every client that I've worked with will tell you, I give them what they want, which is what they turn up with, like their shopping list. But then I give them what they need. And what they need usually is to repair their relationship with themselves. 
Okay, so most of the time is based on relationship. Yes. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I, ca- I cannot imagine if I were to... I know I've been through like, oh my god, so many kind of relationship. Then I can understand it will tear us down. Like, literally have no mood to do anything at all. It could be your relationship with, with um, parents, parents, siblings, yeah. grandparents, uncle, aunts, anybody that was significant in your life at one time or another, or it could be later in life when you became a teenager or somebody at school or something or a teacher, somebody that was in your life that was significant at that time had a big influence on you. And it's not even that they might have done something deliberately to harm you. You know, it might have been that they had very high standards and they expected you to live in a certain way and always be striving to be a certain way. And you may have felt constantly that you can't keep up with that. Like you can't always be that person that they need you to be. And what happens is then the negative self-talk comes in. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I can't do enough. I'm not capable And it might go from there and then it becomes part of how you talk to yourself. And when you are triggered, something else is going wrong. So you you may be familiar with cognitive bias. What happens is when we start believing a belief, if we think that we're, oh, I, I forget everything. Like let's say we're not very good at deadlines, for example, or we don't do something and we say, oh, I'm not very good at being punctual. So it becomes a story we tell ourselves or I'm not very good at remembering, or something like this. And then the next time you forget your phone, you forget your keys, that's the cognitive bias confirming Mm. that you're not very good at remembering, or you're not very good at sticking to your deadlines. And so what happens is over the months and years of growth, you just can't, your mind is constantly looking to confirm this new belief that you have about yourself, until it just becomes a belief. And actually what that then does, it stops you from doing so many things. It limits you because you believe you're not very good at completing things or doing things on time. So you stop doing things because you don't want to fail again. And this is how the mind works. It's there to protect you from feeling like a failure. But if you want to be happy, you know that if I do these things, I'm going to get happier. My life is going to get more joyous. Like if I get healthy or if I complete that course or that program or whatever it might be for you, you know that's going to make you happy. But then you start feeling procrastination or you start self-sabotaging and you don't know why. Like you know what you need to do and you have hours and you think I'm going to do this thing, but then you don't. And usually what happens with most of my clients is they come and they've got procrastination or they're self-sabotaging or they have imposter syndrome like they feel they're a fraud like they're not good enough Mm. and so what I start doing is understanding what's going on there Um, usually the root cause is a relationship at one point or another that existed in their life or still does that is the beliefs that they've developed around themselves is what's holding them back So I start working with them and we start to unpack those beliefs and then we start to reprogram those beliefs to positive ones, to ones that are going to serve them and help them to become the person they want to be. And we do that through neuro-linguistic programming and hypnotherapy. 
Yeah, I also have bought like Marisa Peer, the hypnotherapy course. So it's a 21 days audio that you listen for 21 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's on like abundance, wealth, relationship, mindset. Yeah, that kind of things. So uh, what I learned about the mind is that they learn by repetition. So if you want to change your subconscious mind, the hard, the most difficult software to change, you need. So the mind learn by repetition. So if they heard it one time, they were like, oh, I, okay. If they heard it again, they're like, okay. If they heard it three, four, five, six times, they were like, okay. I know this. I heard this before. Then they will install in your you know, subconscious mind. So it will like start with your belief in yourself. Then slowly, your belief meets you to, you know, take the action towards like the next step and the next step. It's some of the things that I learned from Dr. Joe Dispenza, Marisa Peer, that kind of things about the mind. On, uh. So I think it helps a lot. Even though, I mean, the belief system in ourselves, it, it really helps a lot in, in all areas of our life. Like, don't care if it's business or doing sales. or there's, I think this... It all starts with belief, right? right? It all starts with you because you yeah. are your business. You are the person that is going to be running your business or whatever you do for a living. You are that person. You can't divorce yourself of your beliefs when you're working or when you're trying to do something new or different. You can't divorce yourself of that. So you can't say, right, I'm going to you know, become a different character when I'm doing X, Y, and Z. You have to accept that who you are is who you are. And if there's elements of you that are holding you back, then it's time to start to pay attention to what you're doing. So journaling is fantastic. I recommend journaling to everybody as a way of starting to understand a little bit about your behaviors, your emotions, your feelings, you know, when you're, if you're nervous about doing something, what's going on there? Like, why are you feeling nervous? You might not even understand why, but just write down what you did, why you did it, why you think you might have done it. And as you start writing and documenting, like day to day stuff that you're doing that you wish you weren't doing, you'll get more and more and more and more clarity over a period of time. Because it's hard for us to always remember what we did six weeks ago. You know, like if we became nervous about something and then we didn't do it, it, it's hard for us to remember why and what we did because we just want to forget about it, right? Because we yeah. felt lousy in that moment. But if you journal it, then you can start to see patterns that actually it's people who are, you you think of people in positions of power maybe who are more important than you, then you get nervous around them and you worry about how they're going to, perceive you or whether they're going to enjoy time with you or not and so you become really nervous and really scared about being around them you start to unpick what's going on there you can normally make a connection with that and somebody from your past who also felt important and because you created an association or a behavior that you had around that person if it was a teacher or a parent or an elder then you have transferred that to everybody who you think is important or is better than you or is more achieving more than you. And then you have a same reaction. So what we have to do is start working on that and 
breaking that association and replacing it with a positive belief. Rewrite your story. <laughs> Change your story and rewrite a new story about yourself. Exactly. exactly. Okay. So, okay, maybe one last question. Mm, like, sure. Okay. Like, what if someone who always needs validation from people, what advice do you give them? Sorry, ask me that again. Oh, if someone who always need uh, like validation from other people to yeah. prove that they are good enough and they are correct, doing the correct way, how do you usually advise them? Uh, this is a big question. <laughs> um, so validation is something that most of us are constantly looking for outside of ourselves. So we want validation from our parents. We want validation from other people, our friends even, and siblings and partners and different people. If you're finding yourself that you need somebody to constantly be tapping you on the back and saying, well done, you're doing a really good job, or you, you feel like when they validate me, when they say that I'm doing a great thing, that you're going to feel even better about what you're doing, I think that's a red flag right there. Like you need to stop and start journaling and understanding what scenarios are leading you to want to seek validation and why you think that would make you happier because as I said at the beginning we are very capable of validating ourselves we don't need external validation. And actually, if you're somebody who's constantly looking for external validation, what if you never get it? How's that going to affect your motivation levels? You know, and you see that in business a lot. People do things, then they don't get validation, then they stop. Then they start again after a while, they do things, they don't get validation, and then they stop. But if you were to say to yourself, I'm going to try this new thing and I'm going to see how it goes as an experiment. And whatever the outcome is, has been an opportunity for me to learn about how not to do this one thing. And reframe that story. Instead of thinking I need somebody else to approve of me, or even like, you know, when you're bringing a new product to the market, sometimes it can take a while for your ideas to become established for people to understand what you're doing and even for you to master your message and make it clear what how you can help people and in that time if we give up because we don't get validation actually we might have something amazing that can help so many people but because we're thinking that we need validation we give up and we move on to a new idea or something else, which is now going to take another three months to develop, you know? And I think, so the key is to understand, become aware of the fact that you want to be validated and then start to think about how you can give yourself that love and acceptance that you're looking for, because that's, that's what it boils down to. You want to feel significant. You want to feel important in the lives of others, but I'm, my challenge is to make yourself feel important and to love and accept yourself for who you are. Okay, I think it's the key words is accept yourself for who you are. <sighs> okay. Okay, so any okay last advice for entrepreneur who is out there? Uh, maybe you just say, why should they tap into their personal power? 
last advice? Like a strong, strong firm they... advice for them. Why did you <laughs> step into them? Well, when we step into our personal power, what we're doing is reaching into the depths of every single capability that we have. We're reaching into our potential and we're pulling it out and sharing it with the world. And the thing is that when you step into your personal power, you are A, validating yourself, but B, you you have the answer to a problem that other people are looking for. So don't make this all about you and that people are watching you or people are going to judge you. Make this about who you're going to help. Like reframe that narrative to how many people actually need to hear your journey and your story so they can change their lives for the better. And I think that's that's one of the fundamental things is that was one of the big things that happened to me was when I realized that it's not about me. It's about how much I can help other people through sharing my story, through sharing my thoughts about um life and imposter syndrome how I've dealt with it imposter syndrome procrastination self-sabotage been big parts of my life and when I start sharing that with people they're like yeah me too me too so what do I do how do I how do I get over that and then I started sharing what I was doing at the time and bit by bit by bit people were taking that advice on and that's when I decided that actually I want to turn this into a career and I think that would be the main thing. Tap into your personal power so you can elevate yourself and everybody around you. Okay. Thank you so much, Rosanna, for your time. So uh, maybe just share where can our audience find you? Okay. I have a website. It's called, uh, it's just after my name, www.roxanahussein.com, which is R-O-K-S-A-N-A. Hussein, H-U-S-S-E-I-N, all is one word, .com. That's my main website. I'm also on Facebook, so Roxana Hussein, Transformation Coach. I'm on Instagram as well. So you can find me there. And um, uh, on my website, you can see the kind of programs that I offer. So I generally just do long-term programs with my clients, like eight-week programs, because there are no quick fixes. You know, you have to stay the course and do the deep work if you want change and um, so I've created a few different programs to help my clients and all the details are on my website okay so I, I will just paste all your social media links and website on the description so people who want to learn more or learn from you they can just find you there so I want to thank you for your time for being on my um, podcast show and I'm sure your message can change a lot of people's life and help them in their journey ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Hey, Fast Folder. Thank you for tuning in for this week's weekly episode. So remember to tune in every week where I upload new episodes for you to fast forward on your entrepreneur journey and also to reach to your next level. And I just done my three days training on how you can scale and launch your online coaching business with using your passion and your knowledge and your skill set and your experiences that you've gone through and make it and how to go out there and crush it 
So be sure to join my Facebook group, Impact Lifestyle Entrepreneur, to get all the information. And you can ask me any question in that group, and I'll be there to answer your questions. So I see you in my group, and also stay tuned for next week daily new episode from different entrepreneurs. So I see you. Stay tuned. Bye, guys.